All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting below or upvoting the video yourselves. And I would like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. John Garcia is nice enough to join us today. Our little Sunday recruiting reset that we do each week. Uh, John, I, I want to talk a little bit about Kedrick Riscano. Um, he decommitted from Michigan State. He has officialed, I think he was at the Kentucky game, the Ole Miss Kentucky game. A good running back, um, I, I said in a tweet the other day, is like Lane Kiffin, when it comes to running backs, he kind of has a style, don't you think, John? 100%. You know, I think the conceptions around Lane Kiffin as a pass-first quarterback guru kind of guy, those should be, you know, rolling out the window by now, right? Lane Kiffin wants to run the football, even if he has to use his quarterback within the process. But, of course, uh, that, it starts at the running back position, and we're starting to see a trend, right, from – Ely to Judkins, even Zach Evans, uh, now Riscano, if, if they land him, there's always a balanced downhill, kind of no-nonsense approach to the runners that Lane Kiffin covets on the recruiting trail. So Riscano fits that bill, like you said, um, having a huge season out of Texas. Uh, this is his third year, over 1,000 yards. He'll, he'll threaten 2,000 yards before all is said and done as a senior decommitted from Michigan State on Thursday uh, after taking a couple visits, as you said, to Ole Miss for the Kentucky game. He was at Okie State for a game there recently, and uh, he was uh, supposed to spend time in College Station this weekend. So naturally, a lot of schools are doubling down, circling back on Roscano. He's become maybe the hottest senior running back recruit out there. So naturally, decommits from MSU, and now he's wide open. We, we really are tracking this thing as a total reset. I think Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, A&M, at a minimum, will be in this conversation. But other schools are certainly going to try to jump in the mix now that he's officially back on the market. Yeah, you know, you think about it like when Mike Norvell was at Memphis and they would find some two-star running back that they seemingly got every year. And it became a reputation thing to where if Mike Norvell was recruiting this running back, this guy can play. Uh, that was the reputation that was warranted. You're kind of starting to get this vibe from Lane Kiffin as well, right? 100%. You know, I think a lot of those backs we, we've talked about, there were knocks around those guys coming out of high school that were easy to chip away at. But if you could see through that in your evaluation, you got an opportunity to not only land the kid, but then develop him pretty quickly. And obviously, Quinchon Judkins is the latest and greatest example uh, of that mold was banged up as a junior Notre Dame and Auburn were kind of in the mix. Weren't, wasn't, weren't too sure how high on the board he ended up by the time he was ready to make a decision. And there was Ole Miss steady as she goes uh, very much uh, pressing for that verbal pledge. And obviously once it came, um, it, it was, it was another battle, right? Cause Kevin Smith left for Miami. Uh, but obviously the, the overall picture with Lane Kiffin and company was, was enough to keep Jenkins in the fold, uh, Judkins in the fold, despite some other schools circling back. But yeah, that's that's when trusting your gut in the evaluation process matters. Um, I think uh, it, it's easy to say, hey, who are the top running backs in the country based on some outlet or some website? Let's go after those guys. It's never that simple. You have to find your type. Fit is just as important as overall skill set in this case. 
Yeah, I think um, just not really talking about it, but Jimbo's problem was finding the right quarterback. I think sometimes this highly recruited guys, but it's all the their skill sets all over the place, and it almost looks like Houston Nutt used to do that at Ole Miss. He'd kind of recruit off the recruiting rankings. Um, so I think that could be a little bit of a problem. Anyway, what who who are some names that we're looking at as the next commit that might be coming for Ole Miss? Well, certainly Riscano's at the top of the list. I think if, if he wants to move on sooner rather than later, that would be huge news for Ole Miss, right? That was the official visit that sort of kicked off um, him thinking about opening the process back up. Um, other Ole Miss recruits are are recruiting him publicly and privately. Um, he That Kentucky game had a huge visitor list. A lot of verbal commitments were there in person as well, including Marcel Reed, the verbal uh, commitment at quarterback. So, I think the sooner the better for Briscano from that Ole Miss angle. And then I, I still think there's a, a lot of folks keeping an eye on Caden Lee, you know, SI 99 wide receiver, an elite slot wide receiver prospect uh, out of the state of Georgia. UCF has picked up some momentum. Stanford recently jumped in with a scholarship offer. Oklahoma, South Carolina have long been in the mix there as well. So a lot of folks still wondering when Caden Lee is going to take some more visits and or make a verbal commitment and potentially pair with an, an Aiden Williams as an ideal fit next to one another. Another one where you talk about the fit makes so much sense at Ole Miss based on uh, Lane Kiffin's history and obviously recent history there at the school with uh, the likes of Elijah Moore and company uh, having so much production out of the slot. So those are really the two names offensively that I think most Ole Miss fans need to keep an eye on at this point. And then, of course, as we get closer to the end of the season, we know the transfer portal is going to pick up. So I think there's always going to be some room, some spots saved, if you will, for Lane Kiffin to hit the portal. You, you can't crown yourself uh, transfer portal king without uh, leaving some spots open for some of those guys that are going to make moves. And by all indication, this year is going to be just as hectic, if not more hectic, of a transfer portal season than we saw last year so obviously you're able to overhaul the roster because of it in 2021 so we'll see now in 2022 uh, how those names start to drift in and out of the old miss uh, stratosphere yeah the difference between this year and last year though is there, there may be only 12 or 13 commitments but it's like nine blue chip players they're hitting really high levels on the high school level 100 percent, and i think that's attributed to the stability that was not necessarily the case uh, last year at Ole Miss, right? Lane Kiffin in all sorts of rumors for other jobs, including the NFL on, on top of it. I think that contributed to maybe some hesitation. And then uh, obviously the winning. Uh, I think we, we talk NIL. Certainly Lane will talk NIL. We talk about all these factors that go into these decisions for recruits. Winning's still pretty darn important. And Ole Miss uh, over the last few years in the West, no less, has been able to prove that they have staying power um, even when the roster is overhauled. I thought last year was obviously impressive, but following it up with, uh, what, 7-1 and one start um, with new people all over the place, new assistant coaches on top of that, it's almost more uh, of an indicator or, or a benefit of the doubt creator for Lane Kiffin in terms of his program building, not necessarily just play calling or passing offense like that prior perception would suggest. Yeah, and um, coming into the season, everybody was locked and loading with their narratives regarding the transfer portal. You can't build a team relying so heavily on the portal. I think Kiffin is kind of proving that wrong, and his success is going to provide a blueprint 
for schools that are in that tier that Ole Miss lives in, I think. 100%. And that's why we're seeing so much chaos in college football, right? <laughs> These coaches that are new hires aren't getting as much time as they used to because – some of these guys are hitting the ground running so well. Mel Tucker last year, Lane Kiffin this year, guys who are year two, year three at these programs are already, you know, pushing 10 win seasons. So it's it's creating a huge domino and an expectation to where not only is the Ole Miss tier affected, but that tier underneath starts to get impacted and, and the carousel starts to spin even more. So, yeah, I think there's there's multiple ways to, to skin the cat, as, as they say. And uh, look, roster – Roster management is hard. Uh, it changes every year. Every coach will tell you that, but there's no one formula to doing it. Some schools avoid the portal altogether and rely on development. It works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. And then now on the flip side, we're seeing almost a 50-50 approach by, by Kiffin and some other schools where it's like, we're going to bring in this many high school kids and this many portal guys as well, and the chips will fall where they may. It creates more competition and more expectation at the same time. And in reality, it helps you filter out some of those not necessarily bad apples it helps you filter out some of those who maybe aren't built for for that level of, of competition so when, when you win it breeds more interest and when kids do hit the portal that old miss offer it has more allure than it did maybe when some of these guys were in high school yeah for sure now just like all of our other visits we've been going position group by position group and kind of looking back to what they were in high school Today we're going to do the Ole Miss linebacker positions and like maybe somebody like Troy Brown, who Ole Miss fans might not know about. Talk about what you know about those guys. Yeah, Troy Brown, undersized, under-recruited, coming out of high school, Flint, Michigan. Uh, not a ton of, of Midwestern offers. The, the Big Ten didn't jump all over this kid coming out of high school, so he ends up at Central Michigan and I think starts right out of the gate. And he becomes just, just the ideal kind of conventional transfer portal prospect right we think of all these other factors in, into why these kids go into the portal but the the base level was always to level up right i want to play on a bigger stage for a bigger school and simultaneously have this chance to win so he's kind of that conventional transfer portal story where everything was good you know uh, i think it was like the mac defensive player of the year a year ago I mean, everything was good on his end uh, playing at Central Michigan. But once, you know, he got that portal opportunity, he wanted to play at the highest highest level. And all he's done is hit the ground running at Ole Miss. I think he leads the team in tackles at this point. Uh, he's been healthy. He's been consistent. He's helping the, the secondary communicate on top of it. So he's been, again, uh, kind of the unsung portal addition for Ole Miss. We talk about all the offensive guys all the time. But that defense for a, lot, a large port of, portion of the season – has probably overperformed, and I think Brown is, is one of the main catalysts for that. Yeah, and you look at somebody like on the other side, like an Austin Keys, if you're familiar with him out of um, seminary. seminary. Big yep. kid that everybody looked at as somebody that was going to come onto the scene. He's finally starting to develop, and and that that's like a good, good example of simultaneously portal and high school, and I think that's the realm they want to live in. 100%, right? Because if you go back, Keyes was this impressive-looking specimen, but you just wanted to see the light bulb go off. Can, can he put it all together? And that stunted his recruitment. I think at one point, Ole Miss was like the only SEC offer in on this kid. But, wow, uh, this patience has paid off in a big way for Ole Miss. He is frightening off the edge. He's playing off ball a, a little bit more. He can get off after the passer. Uh, and he's racking up some tackles on top of it. So, yeah, that's a great – 
you know, metaphor for, you know, development on your end and then development maybe on someone else's end, but you still got to win those recruitments the same. All right. Before I let you go, I I do want to ask you one question. If you've watched it at all, have you seen a college football offense worse than Iowa in the last 15 years? (laughs) Oh my God. You know, it's, it's it's, from a talent perspective, probably, but it's, it's a stubbornness that comes along Mm -hmm. with Iowa, right? I mean, Spencer Petros has been there 50 years, it feels like, and he's just there's there's no willingness to change. Uh, it, it's almost worse than being less talented because you you know it's like you can do it, it's like you don't want to do it. Uh, so so the whole Ferentz and Ferentz uh, camp there, head coach OC, you know there, there's a lot going on with Iowa. It, it just it's surprising that you're you're losing games in in the manner you're losing them, and you don't adjust. It, it's maybe a sign of the times, maybe you know. You know, Ferentz being long in the tooth is endearing to Iowa fans, but elsewhere it's 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 starting to create some movement. I've never seen as stubborn a program as, as Iowa has been on the offensive side of the ball this year. I think any other coach would have moved on to either a new combination of schematics, wrinkling in some other players, or, or maybe even overhauling the thing altogether. Yeah, I think Iowa out, was outscored by Ohio State's offense, their defense, and their special teams in their game. <laughs> so it was pretty bad. Anyway, um, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. It's from games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. John, thank you so much for stopping by, and we'll do it again next week, bud. Always a pleasure, sir. Take care. All right.